0: Um, and so we've been talking about the church, and, and I want to make this point every week while we're in this series. So I'm sorry if it's redundant, but I want to make sure you're hearing it. Um, whenever you read about the church in the New Testament, you're always—it's always about people. Um, in the New Testament, the church always refers to the believers, you know, from Jesus on all time. You know, those are—that's the church, or um, a, a group of people in a specific place is the church. But it's always about people. And the reason why that's so important is you need to know that you're the church. You're the church. You're the, right now we're the church gathered corporately. When you leave, you're still the church. You're just out there being the church. The church leaves the building and is still the church. So that's 24-7. You're the body of Christ. You're the church that never stops. And the reason that I keep that in front of you is um, I think it changes the way that we think about life a little bit. Rather than church being an event or something that we do once a week or twice a week or whatever it is, you're the church all the time. We gather. As, as often as possible, and we're encouraged to do that. But you're, you're, you're the church. If you're a believer in Christ, you're the church. And with that in mind then, the other thing that I think is extremely important when we talk about the church is because it's about people, it's about relationships. And in particular, three relationships, our relationship with God, our relationship with the people of God, and our relationship with the future people of God, those who don't yet know Jesus, and that these three relationships are developed in the context of worship, discipleship, fellowship, and mission. And so we're talking about those areas as the church and what that looks like in our time together. And these, these areas are all impacted and these relationships are all impacted in the various sort of ways together. You know, worship certainly impacts our relationship with God. Um, you know as we, as we sing, as we praise, as we pray we talked about all those things when we talked about being a worshipping community but it also impacts our relationship with one another because these are both private and corporate activities now we're talking about discipleship which certainly impacts our relationship with God and, and one another as we continue to grow in Him as part of being a disciple we encourage others along in the journey and so we are, we're certainly relating with one another in the process fellowship is something we'll be talking about soon and um, that's obviously about our relationship with one another but also there's a lot that goes on in fellowship that impacts our relationship with God and the future people of God and then we'll talk about the importance of of mission and how that impacts all those relationships as well particularly with the future people of God and how important that is so that's what we're doing in the series right now we're talking about discipleship we have for the last couple of weeks uh, we've defined what it means to be a disciple, and then we've looked at six verses over the last two weeks about um, being a disciple. We looked at three in the Gospel of John, where, where Jesus you know, said, if we hold to his teaching, if we love one another, and if we remain in him and bear much fruit, we're his disciples. And then last week, we looked at a pretty tough passage of Scripture, in Luke, I know that it's a, it was, you know, it's a tough one to sort of understand, and so we spent some time looking at it, and you have to remember that in that Luke passage that there's a lot of people that are hanging out and following Jesus and aren't disciples. And he's trying to make it clear what, what the requirements look like, and that's what he did. you remember, in that big group that's following him now, there's a lot of just sort of hanger-oners. They're there they're, they're to see the miracles. They're, they're hoping for a free meal. Um, they're hoping that he's about to overthrow the Romans. And so they're just kind of hanging out for those reasons, not for the right reasons, which is to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus. So he, he was good about that. He kind of laid it down. He said, this is what it really looks like. And in Luke, we discovered that you know it's it 's all about loving him all in first and foremost that 's where our highest priority of love is and then um, we also talked about the importance of um, picking up our cross daily and and as we talked about loving him and and uh, you know that it's it 's all about him it 's some about us and understanding that whole dynamic in the process but really it was it 's about picking up our cross on a daily basis, taking ourselves off the throne and Putting him on it in our hearts. And so that was sort of where we were at in the requirements of a discipleship. So today, what we're going to do is I want to talk about two things in and uh, about being a disciple. I want to talk about the yoke, that we need to take up the yoke. And I also want to talk about how we need to pick up the towel as uh, disciples. So that's what we're going to look at. So that's our intro. Uh, during the transition here, a little bad joke for you before we move into the sermon. I know you're waiting for this, I will not disappoint two drums and a cymbal roll off a cliff ba-doom comedy gold this week I kept thinking about that joke and I'd start laughing sitting in I was in the we were just kind of hanging out Alice and I started giggling what are you laughing about my joke this week she just shook her head I didn't even tell her what it was but I was enjoying it all week Ba-doom-tsh. I would just say that part, and just start laughing. So you're you're welcome. Badoom yeah. Scripture reading here on purpose. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Matthew eleven twenty eight through thirty. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is lying. So with that in mind, let's uh, hop in. First point, come and take my yoke. Jesus says, point number one, come and take my yoke. There in Matthew eleven twenty-eight: 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. So... Uh, As I said last week, having counted the cost of of being a disciple, picking up the cross daily, we're now invited to partner with Jesus to be part of his team. That's what this really looks like. And that's what the picture of being yoked to Jesus is all about. But what this requires is that choosing his will over ours, that the realization that it's about him, it's this whole picking up the cross thing and, and understanding that that um, by putting him on the throne of our hearts, that, that's this process of yoking ourselves to him and that, that as we do this we begin to find real life. Now a yoke was a, um, an instrument that hooked together two oxen and, and uh, it would fit around their necks and shoulders And generally uh, a more experienced older oxen was hooked with a younger uh, less experienced oxen that was maybe younger and stronger but that the older one had some wisdom and stuff to really help them along in the journey and that yoked together they made quite an impressive team and that Jesus is using this as an illustration of what this life is supposed to look like in him that that we we are yoked to him he is the the uh, the one who leads and and guides and directs in this process and that we can learn from him but that we are part of the team that that we're we're, uh, it's good that we're there you know we add to it but it's really you know it's all about him some about us but that's the picture of being yoked to him and what we do is point number two is in this process we really learn from Jesus Um, he says in this that at yoke to him again deciding to you know follow him being his disciple picking up our cross daily putting him on the throne of our hearts we learn from him Matthew eleven twenty nine. to learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light so being yoked to him in this process understanding that allows us to learn from him and Jesus teaches us by example and we learn to walk with him we learn to pull and lift with him we learn a healthy pace of life from him one of the things I love about Jesus and I've I've read through the gospels a lot maybe you might find something different than me but but in all the times that I've read through the gospels I I never see Jesus in a hurry ever and that fascinates me it fascinated me from the time that I realized you never see him running anywhere you never see him late You, you always see him right on the pace of life that he's supposed to be at and and uh, this is an amazing concept and even in the situation where you think he might pick it up a little bit like when they came and told him that his friend was was dying he needed to hurry Lazarus you need to come Lazarus is dying he takes three days to get there it was like three miles away could have been there in a, an hour and a half could have been there in you know 28 minutes on the jog uh, but he didn't and, and it's because um, you know he he was settled in the timing of God. Now, he raises Lazarus from the dead in that story, so there's a, there's a point behind it, but he's never in a hurry. And there's something about that that I think is, uh, uh, if nothing else, very intriguing, that it's something that we're to shoot at because I think most of us would say that we spend a lot of life kind of in a hurry, rushing around, always a little late. Um, uh, anybody else? You know what I mean? That whole feeling of, you know... The, uh, clocks having to go off and then they mess up the time on us anyway by spinning it backwards and forwards and it's like really come on stop (laughs) it's hard enough isn't it so uh most of you catch the hour change today that are here don't don't identify yourselves but we had some that were here really early (laughs) and then the people that didn't get it that are coming for and we'll find out anyway so um there's something about the pace of life that we learn from Jesus we learn as we um, read the gospels and, and we look at the, his model for us in this life we, we learn about the supernatural power that's available to us in him and, and there is no greater joy and blessing in this life than to be yoked to Jesus he even says his yoke is easy his burden is light and we find rest for our souls I love that picture rest for your soul doesn't that sound good? Do you do you do you kind of experience a uh, uneasiness sometimes, and you, it's just a, a peace that you're looking for? It's a it's a it's a comfort or a rest or a settledness, and and that I just don't think we can find it apart from Jesus. I know we can, and and yet yeah. and we can find it in Him. And even in the midst of our lives, when we're struggling and when we're when we're running around busy and we're not we're not you know connecting the way we should, we can step back and go, Jesus, you know what? I just wanna be yoked to you I want to serve you I want to love you find the pace of life in you and, and there you know our souls begin to rest again and it's just amazing amazing promise that happens when we, when we are yoked to him and so this is part of being a disciple we're invited in by him to be yoked to him to be a, a, an important part of his team if you would uh, with that analogy and, and that he will lead and guide and, and teach us about the life that we can experience in him so we, we pick up our cross we looked at it last week we, we take the yoke upon us and that's where we find life and then third it's about becoming a servant and in this we, we become willing to pick up the towel when the time comes and let me explain that so if we pick up the cross we take up the yoke and we, we pick up the towel so become a servant so um, we learn from him um, uh, that, that life in him as a disciple is, is about being a servant and, and being willing then to take up the towel. Now there's a great story in John 13. Uh, I love this story. Uh, and so you may have heard me talk about this before. But I, I think it's just such a great picture of, of what's going on. So it's uh, John 13 beginning in verse 1. It was just before the Passover feast. So this is the account of the Last Supper. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world... He now showed them the full extent of his love. Now if you were here last week and you, you, you saw the encounter last week with Jesus and the rich young ruler and, and Jesus looks at him and, and says it loves him well by telling him something they needed to hear, he needed to hear, which was that, that money was his obstacle and, and uh, that was what was on the throne of his life, not Jesus. Not that there was anything wrong with money, it was that guy's thing. Um, uh, and, and now you need to see it again. What he's about to demonstrate to his disciples, it shows the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served. The devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And, and that was why... Um, He said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them Jesus is saying listen if you'll figure out that if you'll pick up the towel when the time comes you will be blessed that that's where we find life and and, and this was undoing all the disciples had sort of had in their minds that, that comes along from the cultural context that they were dealing with and, and so um, here's, here's what happens and, and let me set the stage just a little bit so this is the last supper we know from um, an account in Luke Uh, 22, it's not in your notes that a a dispute, it's verse 24 if you want to go and look it up a dispute, it says, rose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest so here at the Last Supper oh, it is in your notes, I didn't know that Okay. so, anyway, at least it's upstairs so here's what happens they're there for the Last Supper, this is it this is Jesus' time with his disciples pretty much a little time in the garden with some of them, but this is it and he's, um, he's there, you know, pretty big deal. Have, you know, these last things that you want to make a point about. And the guys are still arguing about who's the greatest. This has been an ongoing thing. Who's the greatest in the kingdom? Who's going to be, you know, sitting at his right and his left? Who's going to... And these 12 guys are having this argument in the process. Now, um, we know this that Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Mark 10, 45 says, Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So he'd been talking to his guys about this process, um, but they were just having trouble sort of letting it sink in about what this really looks like. And so here's this meal, and um, as part of this meal, it would have been customary that they would have had their feet washed. It would have just been a part of the deal. So set up in this meal already, in this room, was this towel and this basin filled with water. It was already sitting there. This was part of the deal. Here was the issue. These guys are arguing about who's being the greatest. Do you know why that's taking place? They know somebody needs to step up and wash everybody else's feet. No one is breaking to the bowl. None of them. Because they they perceive that to be weakness, not strength. And so they don't want to be the one who serves. So guess what happens next? Jesus their teacher, their Lord, the creator of all things, Jesus steps up and goes to the bowl and he picks it up and wraps himself with a towel and he begins to wash their feet. That was Peter's reaction. That's why he went, Lord, not you. When he says not you, what he meant was, one of these other guys needs to do this. It ain't you, it ain't me, but it certainly needs to be one of these guys. (laughs) And that's why he makes this point, see? And it's, it's a significant point that that he's making and he says listen unless I do this you'll have no part of me because you'll never figure this out apart from this picture this remembrance of what's taking place you're not going to get this you'll you'll get stuck in this arguing about who's the greatest and you'll never transition into what it really looks like to be a disciple to follow me to to live for me and to be blessed in this life to get all this sort of put together and so um, he does that and so Jesus serves them by washing their feet but his actions are even bigger than that uh, and, uh, and there's another thing that's going on see he's, he's painting a picture for them in everything that he does and it's a picture for us about how he ultimately serves all of us because this is certainly a big deal he's washing their feet but, but it's a picture of something else so in uh, John 13 verses if you remember as we read that what we see is this that Jesus got up he took off his outer garment he wrapped a towel around himself he washed the feet of his disciples and then he returns to his place this is a picture of something much greater because what we know about Jesus is this that Jesus gets up from his place and throne in glory and he somehow takes aside the the robe of deity and he wraps himself in the flesh of humanity fully God, fully man but he takes on the flesh of humanity and then at the cross he washes away our sin with his blood and then he defeats death and, and He is risen and He returns to His heavenly throne. This action that's taking place at this last supper is a, is a symbolic picture of what He's about to do at the cross and He wants them to get that. He is demonstrating to them what it means to be a servant not only there in the, in the simple act of washing their feet but what he's about to do on the cross and so what we need to understand from that is he, as he's done all those things for us as he's saying listen the struggle in following me will never be about who's the greatest you need to just put that aside that's never what it's like life is going to be found for you in picking up the cross taking up your cross putting his yoke on being willing to pick up the towel whenever the opportunity arises. And as we do all those things, we're blessed. We, we find out that, that life is found in Him. He, he says, you know, the soul rest comes from being yoked to Him. And, and being blessed is what takes place when we choose to pick up the towel and serve Him. And as disciples, that's what this thing looks like. And that's what we learn about in discipleship. And so I want you to consider that this week if you would um, think about what that means that, that the, all the things we've talked about and the verses we looked at in being disciples and, and all that John's uh, gospel taught us and all that Luke's gospel taught us you know we hold to his teachings we love one another we remain in him so we can bear much fruit that, that you know we love him all in it's not all about us some about us definitely all about him and that, that we need to be willing to, to pick up our cross daily to take up the yoke and to pick up the towel and to follow after him. And that's where we find life. And that's the really good news about being a disciple. It's where life is found. Is in following him. Not part of the crowd that was just kind of hanging out. Like we saw there earlier. You know, looking for the stuff that's going on. But really choosing. All in. Follow Jesus. That's where life is found. So I'd encourage you to think about those things this week. But that's certainly enough for today for you to think about. So we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up right there. Ministry teams. Those of you here, why don't you?